Hi everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show and thank you very much. This show is sponsored by Horizon Communications, a global vision for millions of people around the world, and by Start Engine ICO 2.0 Summit in Santa Monica, California on April 20th. Go to startenginesummit.com, enter promo code CRYPTO101 for 50% off your tickets. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron, and every month, this is my favorite part of the month. It's when we get the listeners of Crypto 101 on the show, and we wrap out about the current situation in the market, their trading experience, or whatever we want to talk about. And today, we have on two listeners, Alan and Nigel. Let's meet them, see what they've been doing during the bear market, see how they've been holding out, see when they bought, and see if they're seeing red or they're seeing green. But before that, please go to Crypto101Podcast.com. That's Crypto101Podcast.com. Go to the top of the page, hit the contact button, send me or Aaron Paul an email, say what's up, become a patron. And like I said before, even if we don't have sponsors or ads, the show will go on because of the patrons. The patrons are the backbone of Crypto101. They always have been. On the website, you'll see a subscribe button that follows you around. Please hit the subscribe button. Go to iTunes, subscribe, leave us a rating and a comment. It helps us out. And also join our Facebook group. Our Facebook group, our community is there to help you get along in the crypto space. So thank you everybody for being part of the Crypto 101 Facebook community. And now let's meet Alan and Nigel. Nigel, Alan, welcome to Crypto 101. How you guys doing? Doing well. How's it going? I'm doing excellent. This is our monthly listeners episode. And what we like to do is just get down with average people that have invested in crypto, that listen to Crypto 101, and just go over maybe the past couple months. We were at all-time highs. All-time highs is an understatement of where we were in January to now, where we were at 20,000 Bitcoin. Now we're at 7,000 Bitcoin. I don't even want to say the price because it could be at 6,400 right now. I don't really even know. I didn't look this morning. I'm scared. Let's just go over to how you guys feel, what coins you're holding, what emotions have you been playing with the past couple months? And I think, Alan, you've been holding for a little bit longer than the past year. So we can go into like different aspects of holding coins, investing in the market, see what everybody's holding and talk about how everybody's feeling in the past couple months. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's been interesting. So I got lucky. I kind of tripped into the space pretty early, but the majority of my research was done early 2017, probably. I didn't do much trading. I, I kind of tripped into the space, read the Bitcoin white paper and uh, kind of fell in love. So I've been holding uh, the majority of the same coins since since early 2017. Stopped looking at uh, the charts every morning, probably in January. I got a, a too depressed looking at, at the at the drop in prices. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's been a fun ride. You know, I figured it wouldn't just keep going up and we'd have some turbulence. And all my friends that I mentioned cryptocurrency too, I, I, I started the conversation with don't invest what you can't lose because uh, things are going up right now. But we, we've seen a lot of a lot of things act like this before. And, and uh, we knew that there was stuff to come. Exactly. Alan, if you could, could you just introduce yourself for everybody? Sure. So uh, this is Alan Percal. My main job is, is running operations at a uh, full stack software engineering company based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I like to get my hands in in a few different things. I also run two online websites, 
Uh, one is is called Perk 360, and the concept of Perk is that we cap content in articles. So the majority of the content on the website is capped at 360 words, trying to provide some quick reads. And then I also run a cryptocurrency website, kind of just for fun. A lot of beginner information on there called Crypto Market 360. And Nigel, Nigel, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself a little bit. Yes, I'm Nigel. I uh, got into the base, what, four or five months ago? Well, that's when I first started really studying and learning about it. I heard about crypto maybe four or five years ago. I'm a gamer, so when uh, people started Bitcoin mining, some of the first people to hear about it were gamers because we were the only people with the graphics cards that could mine the Bitcoin. And people mentioned it to me, but it seemed like a scam at the time. It, People were talking about Silk Road. You were ordering things online and they were talking about you could buy a, a hitman or with, with Bitcoin or you could <laughs> do all these uh, money laundering schemes. And I was, I just stayed away from it. But mostly I'm just a regular guy. I work at, a, I'll just say, a retail store. been doing that for about six years. And uh, lately I've just been studying up on it and I started to get into it. I finally started buying my first coins at a very bad time. It was around... Guy, I'm going to say this. It was at the beginning of December and uh, through December and into January and into February, my dollar cost average started to come down at least. That's been my story up to this point. Oh, right, right on, Nigel. Man, what coins are you holding? Nigel, you said you got into uh, December. What were the first things that came to your mind when you said, I'm going to start investing? What did you buy and what price did you buy them at? The first thing I actually bought was Litecoin. Mm. And my first buy of Litecoin was at 270. Ooh. I remember that distinctly. Uh, yeah, now you say ooh, but it was. It was looking like deals at the time. It was looking like a deal at the time. <laughs> it, it, I looked like a genius for about, about a week, about a week at least. And then, you know, the price started to come down. And I said to myself, well, these, that wasn't the only coin I wanted. Uh, I looked around and I said, well, I'm going to invest and I'm going to stick around for maybe a few months. October, December, January of next year, I thought to mm. myself. So I started with Litecoin. It worked. The technology was good behind it. Then I looked into Ethereum. I wanted to stick with coins that had some type of product, not just something that I wanted to make a quick dollar out of. I had that at least. I learned that from listening to you. So I bought NEO and IOTA and Binance. That was a good idea. Yeah, Binance went up there to 25 bucks there for a while, I think. Yeah. Um, or actually higher, maybe. There's I think. been some times that I said to myself, oh, I'm doing so well. I'm, I'm so smart. I, <laughs> I figured this all out. All these people have done all this work, and I've just done it in a few weeks. I'm a genius. Uh, but you, you learn that lesson. Uh, your pride gets a correction sometimes. Mm, mm, right on. Alan, what, what are you holding? You've been holding ever since 2017. Did you hop in at any all-time highs, or have you been just pretty level-headed through the, through the whole thing? Uh, it, it's definitely been a process. Uh, I remember some of my early transactions were, were mainly around Bitcoin. I had owned Bitcoin before really understanding what it was. Then I bought some more after reading the white paper. And the more I read, the more I was comfortable making some long-term investments in the space. Uh, I never went out and did anything crazy, which uh, at, at some points in 2017, I, you know, I look back and said, boy, I wish I really would have bought a little bit more because things were looking really good. Uh, I remember vividly being talked out of buying Ethereum. This is, again, before I started doing any research, being talked out of buying Ethereum because it was the quote-unquote developer's coin, which I had no idea what that meant at the time. <laughs> um, and, and it was trading somewhere around 12 bucks. So I still look back at that and 
You know, I, I got in, I consider it pretty early still, but I paid more than 12 bucks for Ethereum. But I've stayed pretty level-headed. So I, I typically, I learned my lesson in the stock market back in my college days to not not listen to everything that everyone else is is hyping up. So I like to do a lot of my own my own reading and, and feel comfortable about a coin, uh, at least as much as I could before buying anything. So back when the big run-up happened in, in late 2017, all my friends were making I mean, boatloads of money. These, these coins were three, four, five, 10xing. And I was sitting here with Bitcoin and Neo and Ethereum and Monero, Litecoin. And I was happy because everything I had was going up too. But all my friends were, were you know, way outdoing me. Right. Then they saw the reverse right. side of that coin when, when things started to fall. You know, everything's fallen, but Bitcoin hasn't fallen as much as some of these other ones that were doing those, those five, 10x in, in a matter of months. Right. So I've seen both sides of it. Did anybody sell at the all-time highs? I got lucky. No. I, I sold a little bit. Uh, somewhere around 19k, but I don't want anyone listening to this episode to think I'm some sort of genie because I, I definitely didn't have I didn't have a good reason for why I was selling it, and it wasn't that much. <laughs> like, you know, in hindsight, I wish I would have sold a bunch more. I, I ended up putting back that money probably somewhere around 10 to 15k on average. Got and a what, little lucky there, but could have done more. And what about you, Nigel? As far as actually selling around the all-time high, no. But there have been times when a coin has did a run up in I don't know two three days, and I've I've sold maybe half of a position uh, just to lock in profits and then bought more when it came back down because that, that seemed like a good idea. And I've been fortunate with that not to make any terrible decisions. So generally, I'm just trying to manage my downside risk, not do anything crazy. So what, how do you feel holding at the moment? You bought in December. You bought at $270 Litecoin. You have other coins that you're holding right now. You wake up this morning and, well, from yesterday, and I hate to do this because it always dates the episode. Yesterday, Litecoin was sitting at around 118 This morning, it's at 114 And so every day we've been waking up ever since January, it's been down a little bit. How do you feel, man? Sometimes I wake up in the morning, and I think we all do this. We check our black folio before we go to the bathroom and make some coffee. And you look at it. <laughs> it's truth, man. And you, I know I'm not the only one. Oh, and no, man. Sometimes I, I check it while I'm it. using the bathroom. Actually, I know I check it while I'm using the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I would say last week, last week or the last few days when it came down and, yeah, I bought it 270 but I got my dollar cost average down at some point. I bought some more. And you look at it and... Pretty much half your initial investment is gone. Mm. Mm. And you look at it and you just, you wonder, okay, what am I going to do here? Right. Can I sell now? Mm. Can I? Mm -mm. Well, no, that would be wrong. But how long am I going to wait? Am I going to just ride it to zero? So you're having all these questions in your mind. And this is not obviously not trading advice. I don't know the answer to that question. I did put in money that I was willing to lose. So in essence, I can just write it down to zero if such a thing happened. But I guess the last three months have been useful in that I've gotten accustomed to it. I've gotten accustomed to waking up and it not being so good. And then the really bad days happen and I'm still holding. So at this <laughs> point, I think I'm just going to stick with as far as my time frame and when I was planning to sell, I'm just going to stick with I'm not touching it till the end of this year, the middle of next year. Right on. 
So, Alan, you're on the op- opposite side. You don't wake up every morning at a loss. You don't wake up and go, oh, a little piece of my portfolio has flown out the window again. You're still up. But do you have a different emotion coming from waking up every morning and seeing the price going down? Uh, so, yes and no. Uh, while I'm still up, I remember those days where my portfolio was uh, somewhere like four times higher. And so it's kind of like those things like when you get in, if you invest X amount of dollars and and now you have 2x, it feels really good. But if you have X and then you get to 10x and now you're back down to 2x, those emotions and 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 the you know the psychology, we're, we're all human, right? It it's kind of feels like you're down. I look at it. I, I mean, I, I used to look up look it up every morning because I got used to seeing double digit green uh, almost <laughs> every morning, and, and I have this. I just I wake up and say, I, I look at my girlfriend and say, I, I can't believe it, this stuff just keeps going up and. She at the time didn't understand it. She understands a lot more about it now. But in hindsight, I wish I would have sold some more. And, and I remember looking back at the portfolio when I, when I was up a bunch and and I just couldn't find a spot to sell, which sounds so silly now. Mm. Um, but mm. I couldn't find any of the coins I was holding. I couldn't sell. But I, I've basically settled into the fact that this technology is revolutionary. It, it, is, it is definitely changing a lot of industries. And I don't think it's going to happen overnight. Um, so I'm, I've kind of gotten into the, the, the position where I like what I hold, I like the technology, and it's a calculated gamble. I view it as a lot of other investments. Uh, I don't really day trade it. I hold the ones I like, and I hope that they're the, the projects that are left standing 5, 10, 15 years from now. Right on, right on. So, Alan, I'm a little bit like you. I was... Uh... I started investing in uh, 2017, 2016. First, it was a little bit of Bitcoin, then Ethereum. Uh, I was there for the Ethereum pump to 400 um, and then went back down to like 100 or 80 or whatever it was. And most of my investments came from the summer after that. It was like, I don't know, July, August, September, where everything was pretty much the price it is at now. So I'm personally at break even with most things or I'm a little bit in the green. For example, I was in Litecoin early in uh, 2017. So... We're still in the green with some of that stuff, but like you said, I still have the feeling that I'm losing. It's not 4x or 5x or 6x. It's maybe a half or, or, or 2x, if that. Do you guys feel the same way I do as you keep looking back at January and maybe doing some calculations and go, oh, if I only sold everything at that point, everything would be different right now. I wrote a pretty funny piece on, uh, I think I put it on Perk360, which was titled something like, until my mother understands what Bitcoin is, I'm not selling. And the kind of concept behind the article was that there was just so much casual investment money left to come in. And I know the institutional money really drives prices a lot, but I just saw so many people, a lot of my very intelligent friends, not invested in the space. And and um, it kind of provoked this article where I said, until my mother understands what Bitcoin is, I'm not going to sell because... If this is a bubble, typically everyone gets in and then the the later you are to the party, the more you end up losing. And ironically, my mother called me up one day and said, hey, Alan, I really want to buy some of this Bitcoin thing. And uh, she mentioned one other <laughs> currency and I can't I can't really remember what it was. But what happened was uh, a few weeks later, I sat down with her and I spent about two hours drawing out on a notebook paper kind of what Bitcoin is, how how a blockchain works, how it's secured, how you can't change transactions, how it's decentralized. And essentially after that point, my mother understood what it was and she made a small investment uh, just for fun, nothing crazy. And it dawned on me that I should have sold some, right? You know, I, I came out with this article, <laughs> I spent, spent a couple hours putting it together and the whole concept behind it and, and it made perfect sense to me. And then when the time came, 
you know, I was human. I, I saw all this money and, and it just kept on going up and <laughs> I, I couldn't find a place to sell. And and now here we are back, not near a bottom by any mean, but uh, you gave some of that profit back. You know, I got my mother into into buying some uh, coin as well. My mom bought some uh, virium. So I told I was talking to Doug Pike the other day, and he was he was happy about that. I don't know if he was happy. He was just like, <laughs> he's like, well, my mom doesn't hold yet. So Nigel, do you ever look back to January oh. and and look at the money that you would have had if you had sold in January and regret? I probably I don't know maybe three or four times a week run <laughs> various calculations about how I could have done in various situations had mm. I bought Neo at this price and sold it at that price and then bought Ontology. I would have bought it when it was this and sold it at that. And I try not to do that anymore. There's nothing I can change that's already occurred. That stuff is behind it. And I'm trying not to think about, okay, where will I be in next January? Where will I be this July? I'm trying to continue on doing what I thought was a good idea at the beginning, invest in a coin that is going to be here for a long time, that has a good product that people need. But the short answer to your question is yes. I mean, I, I sit around with my wudas and my cutters and my shutters all the time. Right on. What's your new plan then? Because I actually, about a month ago, I was thinking the same thing. And I sat down with my Excel sheet. And I sat down with my <laughs> coins and I sat down with my balances and I made many different scenarios for all of my coins and different situations. What if this coin hits X price at a certain time? Will I cash that out or cash out how much? Or what would I do? Would I keep waiting? Would I keep holding? For example, Virium. Virium was at $19. Never been that high before. Will it ever get that high again? Who knows? But I hold Virium. And it's at two bucks today. Why didn't I sell at 19? Is 19 the price? What if it goes to 19 again? And what if it's the only coin out of my portfolio that goes up to 19 or that high? Would I sell it first? Or what if another one goes up to you know a, a certain target? Will I sell that and still hold Virium? So I, I had made this whole Excel sheet. It's pretty detailed about all these different scenarios. What is your plan for the future now that we went through this? Well, I've asked myself those questions repeatedly. I, I'll, I'll probably get up tomorrow and look at that block totally over on my way to the bathroom and start doing it to myself again. Okay, well, what if I get to, I don't know, December? I had always thought of it in a time frame. What if I get to December and these coins still haven't done well? What is my get out point? What is the end goal here? And maybe I should have had this all along. What, what, what is my end goal? But I look at the market as it is right now, at this very second, and I say, there's more money still waiting to come in. And these products haven't reached their full potential yet. But what is the full potential? Where will it stop? Is it How big is it going to get? Am I going to do this again at the end of next year and it's going to go back up to, Litecoin will go back up to 400 or 500? And I'll still be sitting here going, well, do I get out now? Uh, so that's something that I'm I'm working my way through. Right on, Alan. Do you have yourself a plan? Yeah. So I've I've got myself. I, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but I've got myself in a in a situation where I'm I'm pretty content going long here. I have uh, I, I took some off initial investment plus some, and I've left myself with with a portion that I'm basically okay losing 100% of, and I'm pretty content holding if if the market starts to uh, see some new all time highs. I mean, things like Bitcoin, I really view as it's going to be all or nothing, right? Bitcoin's not going to settle, in my opinion, at anywhere 
around $10,000. It's either there's going to be a wide use case for Bitcoin or there's not. And the price mm. is going to be reflective of that. Right. Now, something like NEO or Ethereum, you know, those are a lot harder for you know to guess. I don't know where those settle. I don't know how, how many potential use cases can come out of those platforms and how many companies can be built on top of them. Those are a lot harder to guess. But when we're talking about the coins that, that are viewed a lot more like currency, like you know, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Monero, they're either going to take a, a, a large percentage of transactions that occur around the world or they're not. And so I've got myself in a position where I have basically my bet. Uh, I have my bet on, on these coins and, and uh, you know, I, I hope it works out because I think there is a pretty big use case for decentralization, specifically for things like Bitcoin and, and the reason it was created. So governments can't just print new currency and continue to devalue things. But I, but I have a portion in that I'm, I'm comfortable going super long on. And if Bitcoin doubles, triples, quadruples in the next year, maybe I'll take a little bit off just to, to feel good and sleep a little bit better. But uh, I think I'm going to be holding the majority of this uh, for quite some time. I, I was going to add, not or add, but for example, I, I take a look at one of my holdings, my favorite, not my favorite, the, the coin, right? Uh, Stellar. I bought some of this at, I think, I think my break even's like 38 cents or something. It flew all the way up to 90 cents, comes back down. And I now sit here and I think, okay, well, how much of the money between here and there was just speculation, just people throwing money at various coins. And how much of those people will get back in? Or how many new people will get back in when those people get back in? How far is this going to go? And I, I try and say, well, how big a percentage of all cryptocurrency is Stellar going to be? Is the next coin going to be? And I try and figure out what that price will be or and it, it comes to a point where you realize, well, there are thousands of people trying to figure this out at the same time. And some of them go to school for years for this. And, I, and it's not that I just give up, but more that I'm, I'm always searching for that answer. And now a word from our sponsor, Horizon Communications. There are many communities around the world who have poor internet service, but without better connectivity, may never see great improvements in the lives of their citizens nor adoption into cryptocurrency. High-speed internet is a core service and freedom that most of us unfortunately take for granted, including many of us in the crypto community. However, in many countries around the world, having stable and fast internet service just doesn't exist. Horizon's goal is to provide great telecommunications service for both internet, voice over IP, IPTV, and cell services. To do this, Horizon wants to incorporate cryptocurrency and blockchain technology as a core service inside the company. Horizon will be launching in the Caribbean in 2018, expanding to Central America in 2019, and in 2020, looking to expand to other locations. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Worldwide. You can learn more about Horizon at horizoncom.co. That's H-O-R-I-Z-O-N-C-O-M-M dot C-O, as well as visiting their Telegram channel. Now, back to the show. And now, a word from our sponsor, Star Engine. Leaders and innovators in the crypto world are coming together at the Start Engine ICO 2.0 Summit on April 20th in Santa Monica. The theme is Path to Liquidity 
for security token offerings. The growing crypto ecosystem is being challenged by uncertainties and regulations, and Star Engine is here to help. The SEC, the CFTC, and state administrators have been issuing subpoenas by the dozens. How is this going to affect ICOs and exchanges? This is why Star Engine is launching its second edition of the ICO 2.0 Summit, co-sponsored by T0 on April 20th in Santa Monica. This summit includes Patrick Byrne, CEO of Overstock.com, Gil Pacina, top crypto investor, Trevor Coverco, CEO of Polymath, and Mark Suster, Upfront Ventures. Also, 40 other panelists. So if you're interested in the Start Engine ICO 2.0 Summit, go to www.startenginesummit.com, enter promo code CRYPTO101 to get 50% off your tickets. It's in Santa Monica, California on April 20th. We'll see you there. So what, what's, a, what's a coin that we all have in common? Is everybody holding Litecoin? Yeah. Yeah? Yes. Okay, so do you have a price of Litecoin? Like for me, I wouldn't even consider selling Litecoin until it hit 500. Do you guys have a, a, a certain thing or do you guys do have a certain philosophy? Like, oh, if it, I wouldn't even think about it until it hits 1,000 or 700. I don't. Um, and that's mainly because I don't, I don't really know how I would arrive at that number, at least not in a way that I'd feel comfortable basing decisions on it. How do you value a cryptocurrency? Mm. You know, stocks, stocks there, there's many ways to value stocks. But these cryptocurrencies, we don't really know, right? Like, do you, do you value it based on on what you think other people are going to do? Do you value it based on what percent of a market it can it can capture? How what percent of transactions in the future are going to take place with it? Do you incorporate the deflation of fiat currency if cryptocurrency starts to take off? So because of that, I, I don't really have a number. So then, well, then what do you base base your sell on? Is it feeling? Is it the the environment? Do you put a feather in the wind? I mean, so what is your what is your metrics to say, hey? This is my sell time. You're going to wake up in the morning and you'll feel it. So previously, I'd say I decided my sell time. I said, I'm just going to take off 20, 30 percent here to lock up my initial investment. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But there was really no rhyme or reason behind it. It was probably more so I could sleep at night. Um, (laughs) I'm not. If Litecoin goes up to a thousand dollars tomorrow, we're all going to be thinking, well, wow, it went up, went up really quickly. It's probably going to go higher. Um, Mm. So would, would we sell? Would you sell? Um, if you had set a number at 800 or 900, uh, maybe some, but it'll probably be just so you can sleep better at night. Right. What about you, Nigel? Do you have a, I've a... come to certain numbers as far as Litecoin that it could reach. And this is in the long term up to $2,000. And that seems ridiculous now. But it isn't ridiculous when you look at how many transactions it could actually perform and how much of the market it could absorb. If people are using Litecoin to buy bread and shop at McDonald's and Burger King, it could easily be that much. Right. But it's just a, a question. I think he, he already said it. How do you how do you come up with a number for that? I listened to a, a podcast with Richard Hart. I don't know if you guys know who Richard Hart is, uh, but he was on the Doug Polk show. Doug Polk is a YouTuber and he's you know dabbling with podcasts lately. And Richard Hart said that. People who say it's the tech are lying to you. It's about the money. And I think that a narrative that we all have, and I think it's so we don't feel like assholes, is that we say, oh, yeah, the tech, the the potential, the developers, the number of transactions, like we just said, that this is important. And, yeah, it's important for maybe the future investment, but it all comes down to the money. Do you agree with this or not? 
Yeah, I'd, I'd agree, but I, I'd say it's a little bit of both, right? I'm a libertarian, so if anyone's going to make the case of, for investing in, in, in cryptocurrency and not caring about profit, but more trying to bolster a cause, it, it'd probably be people that have similar political views that I have. But I, I like the technology, and that's why I think I can make money by investing in these cryptocurrencies the same way that stocks I choose in my in my stock portfolio. I, I think I can make money with them. Um, so I, I'm definitely definitely got into the space because I think I can make money. But I, I'd say that that's a residual effect of me liking what I read about the technology, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand that. What about you, Nigel? It's not wrong to want to make money or to even try to make money. When you attempt to make money the honest way, generally, that improves the whole planet. You're usually doing something that helps someone else. You're providing some service, some product that someone else needs. And with these cryptocurrencies, when you're buying them and attempting to make money, if you're holding them for some period of time, you are helping to move that product forward. And if that product is going to help people, then you have improved society. So you don't have to feel bad about wanting to make money. But I think the argument in the opposite direction, when people say it's just it's all about the tech, it's not all about the tech. But when they say it's about the tech is don't again, not trading advice. Don't just go out here and gamble and speculate and try and make three X gains in the next three weeks because you're probably going to get disappointed with that. So at least have some fundamental belief in the product you're putting your money into. Right. Yeah, because for, for me personally, um, yeah, of course it's about money. And it's also about the ideology. I don't know if it's about the tech. Uh, personally, I don't really care too much about the tech. I care about the possibilities that it gives people. I, get, I care about the liberty that it gives people and the options that it gives average people. I think that's my, that's my motivation for cryptocurrency and this whole decentralized kind of blockchain movement. It's, it's definitely the money. But the tech is... I don't know. I don't really, to to be perfectly honest, I don't care that much. It's it's cool to learn. It's cool to know. But I'm not a computer programmer. I'm not a developer. I'm never going to be able to understand this uh, at anything more than a general idea of hashing and blockchain and shit like that. So my motivation personally is, is, is what it does for society, the people. And that's where I'm coming from with it. But yeah, I don't think it's wrong to make money. I think Richard had a very good, interesting uh, argument there, though. He's like, yeah, if people say it's not about the money, it's about the tech, they're just bullshit. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Why would you give these people money if they, if you didn't believe? That you can get something. Yeah, exactly. So just going into some general questions real quick. Who do you guys look up to in the crypto space? Who do you follow on Twitter? And who's like the main person when they tweet something at you, you're going to read all of their tweets? I can't say I get a ton of my cryptocurrency uh, information from Twitter, but the one name that does pop to mind, and, and this is probably, I don't even know if he, he still tweets a bunch in, in the crypto space, but uh, Tour Demeester, that's the one name that pops out that that when I was doing the majority of my research, which was probably early 2017, I, I feel like that was the first person I followed, uh, maybe early, mid-2017. Can you spell that? It's T U U R. And I believe his last name is D-E-M-E-E-S-T-E-R. Okay. Nigel, what do you think? Is there anybody that you're following? I mean, it doesn't have to be a tweet, just in general. I actually was a little bit prepared for this one. And when I am talking to people about crypto, and when I tell them, and they start asking, hey, where where do I go to learn? 
I direct him to this podcast. And I say, start at the beginning. I, I did not tell him listen. to say this, everybody. I, this, is, <laughs> this is this is definitely not something that was you planned. You didn't. No. You didn't. But I think I have, personally, avoided some mistakes. Some serious mistakes that I could have made by just listening to this podcast before I threw some money in there. At least I knew, hey, these ICOs may not be all what you think they should be or some of them are good and some of them are bad or don't put money in that you can't afford to lose or things like that. It It's helpful. And then it's helpful to have a community of people going through what you're going through. Yeah. And you can go into the Facebook group and just say, hey, I'm I'm, I'm down. And other people will go, well, yeah, yeah, I'm down too. <laughs> it's true. It's true. No, man, misery loves company. That's why we're having this show right now. It's, uh, you know, talking to the community, talking to, you know, people that, you know, put their hard earned money into cryptocurrency and is seeing red for the past couple months. It makes people feel better. And we know that all is not lost, but you keep telling yourself that day in and day out. But if you hear it from other people as well and you know that you're not alone, you're not the only person in the red and you're not the only person that's just persevering to get to the next green candle, then it, you, you feel better. You feel better. What advice would you give everybody in general that are in the space right now and not just getting into the space, but that are in the space, maybe seeing a lot of red, maybe got in in December, January? What would you say? I'd start off kind of the way I brought some of my friends into the space is uh, – Look, there's some interesting stuff going on over here. Um, I'm not going to tell you what to invest in, but do some reading and uh, find some things you like and don't invest money that you can't afford to lose. And and give it a real hard thought, that last part. If you think you can invest a certain amount of money, imagine losing 80% of it and imagine it going down slowly. And and would you sell? Um, because I, I think this space is, it, it's crucial to not try to get rich quick. I, we, we saw a lot of that in the NASDAQ and in the early 2000s, where, where everyone was everyone was talking about the tech stocks, tech stocks this, tech stocks that. And, um, you know, the, the people that, that got in at the end, if they were able to hold after the huge fall, they didn't see profits for, for almost a decade. I think it's crucial to invest money that you can afford to watch fluctuate. Nigel, man, what are you thinking? What, was your, what would your advice be? If I had to give one piece, I would say don't let Blockfolio, don't let that number when you hit the button and that number pops up in the morning. Don't let that determine your self-worth for the day or how you're going to feel about this week or, or whether or not you are a smart person or you've made a serious mistake. You've put the money in and you've made a plan and now you're just executing that plan. Right on. What, what project do you think is going to have the most impact in the future? What coin, what uh, developments uh, what project what utility what i don't know i don't know what to call it there's a lot of different terms in the digital asset asset space uh which one are you guys looking at which one are you guys betting on or which one do you think is a solid project with a solid idea i'd have to say bitcoin uh, ethereum and maybe neo i i think there's going to be one of these coins that is that does function as a currency that that hopefully grabs a hold of the market and 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 we prove and I don't think we even have the technology yet uh, to imagine what it could look like. But I I'm not so sure we're going to be bringing cotton paper dollars. That made no sense. Cotton dollars that, that we have used for, <laughs> for quite some time now to uh, buy bread and, and, and stuff at the store in the future. Now, will that be Bitcoin? I don't know. We have to see what's going to happen with the scaling debate and, and, and if this 
the Lightning Labs project is going to fix that and, and how we're going to figure out security because the second you find out someone's got a bunch of Bitcoin, they, they become a target. Right. And uh, right. so I, I definitely, there's a long road ahead of us, but I, I would like to see one of these, these coins end up taking a nice market share as a cryptocurrency. And then on the other hand, I think the, the development platforms, these smart contract platforms like Ethereum and NEO, I think they have a good shot as well. Two questions came out of that for you, man. Are you a Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash person? And is Bitcoin Cash Bitcoin? Oh, well, let me do the second one first. Is Bitcoin Cash Bitcoin? I'd, I'd say no, it's it's Bitcoin Cash. And if we want to uh, piss off the, the, the Bcash community, we could just start calling it Bcash. Which is a great um, name. I mean, they should just coin that shit already. <laughs> just take, you know, Bcash is fucking cool. I guess it's funny that that community gets really upset about it. And, and I can't really trash it too much because I have some of the forked Bitcoin cash and, and I hold it. I hold it mainly as a hedge. But if I had to pick one of the two, I, I'd pick Bitcoin. I don't think Bitcoin cash is scaling solution. It, it, you can't just keep increasing the block size indefinitely. I mean, eventually we'll, we'll be getting to packets of data that just don't travel fast enough. So, so as far as which one of those I like more from a scaling perspective, I don't think Bitcoin Cash solves that. But I'm not. I'm also not an expert, so that this is just Alan Perkal's opinion. Uh, on the other hand, I think Bitcoin's got a lot of road in front of it. I, I think there's there's a lot to figure out. Will Bitcoin be the cryptocurrency of exchange in the future? Who knows? As far as uh, me and what project, it's not really a project, but I would say keep an eye on what Binance is doing, the company. Uh, just having followed them and listening to them on on Twitter and, and on their Reddit, it seems that that team has a lot of great plans and has a lot of great ideas. And they seem to be able that they're going to be able to execute some of this stuff. And I get <laughs> probably shouldn't. I get excited about the idea of what they'll be able to do with their coin. Right now, it's just for saving some money on their exchange, which is running pretty well and a lot of people like it and enjoy it but they've uh, set out a roadmap and i would say take a look at what they're planning to do it could be very interesting right on right on that's a good one uh actually somebody else said that same thing um in one of the other episodes is the biggest companies and that's going to have impact for the future are going to be exchanges i guess i'll answer that question too what companies i think are going to have biggest impact in the future i think also decentralized exchanges i think that there's a couple projects that are coming out once they get that interface and the liquidity down and um you know solve those problems i think it's going to be very influential to the space especially since it's going to be challenging uh, government regulations however moving fiat into these is going to be a challenge still who's going to provide that on-ramp that's always key uh, but then you know there's going to be other challenges of how to a government's going to i think this is going to be a great podcast material to be honest is how is government's going to control or request uh information for taxes you know uh, every year from decentralized exchanges they don't have to decentralized exchanges don't have to comply because they're going to live like be alive uh decentralized but then again there are companies that are developing so can they go after them i, I don't know it's just gonna be a very interesting development of how this is going to play out with regulation in the future so i think that's gonna have a lot of impact in the future of uh of of uh the space um but i also think that these ethereum challengers are going to start coming up and ethereum i think is not going to be dethroned for a while everything's built on ethereum and you know all these different marketplaces and economies that are you know around ethereum and the ethereum network and these uh erc20 tokens 
and utility tokens are is so vibrant and robust already it's for somebody to come in and try to take that is going to be it, it seems like a huge mountain to climb right now but i do feel that there's going to be great technologies coming out that are going to try to do what ethereum is doing and going to do it better uh zilliqa is one that i'm looking at very closely to see how they're going to go out to the future just going into you know some personal information about us what, what, what kind of books and TV shows? What, what, is you guys, what do you guys do for your recreation? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you reading? Nigel. I'm a big gamer. I, I usually get into maybe more niche games that have a lot of story and things like that. Also, uh, what else do I do in my life? <laughs> I'm a sports fan, lifetime Redskins fan. I try and make it to the game as often as I can. Right on. Uh, what am I reading and listening to? Because if you, if you had some songs, I'm going to put it on the Crypto 101 Spotify playlist. I like Crypto 101, but I'm not going to listen to your playlist. <laughs> um, I probably listen to a lot of Drake. I try and keep up, even though I'm getting older with new hip-hop, but I just it's not working for me right now. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, how old are you, man? I'm 39. 39? Okay. 1978? Yep. Yeah, I'm uh, 1979, so it's a little hard to keep up with uh, the the new hip hop. However, there are some some good people coming out. Like uh, Joiner is pretty cool. I see Joiner's dropping it really good, man. I, I really like what he's doing. Oh yeah, there's stuff I hear that I go, man, this guy can. This is for real. I like Kendrick Lamar. That's good music. But some of this mumble rap, I'm just I'm trying <laughs> not to be the old man. I'm trying not to be the old man, but I'm just like, this is not good, y'all. Stop. Right. No, I'm feeling that, man. But Chance, he's always really good. I'm waiting for some more good stuff to come out from him. What about you, Alan? What you What are you looking at these days? Um, so I don't do much TV watching, but I'm, I I have grown a big interest in reading. Well, I don't know if you guys heard that, but there's some car flying. Yeah, outside. well, I, I heard that. <laughs> uh, so that's some Bitcoin Lambos right there. It says something. He's he's he must have gotten in too early. But yeah, so I don't, I don't do much TV watching, uh, but I'm I, I've taken a pretty big interest in reading post college. So for the last few years, and I'm reading two things right now. One is uh, it's titled "Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman." It's kind of a memoirs, but it's it's the stories of of the physicist Richard Feynman. Um, really funny book. And then I'm also reading a book that was on Bill Gates's. I think he was on his book list in 2016 called The Gene by Siddhartha Mukherjee. And it's it's basically an intimate history of the gene and uh, how we used to view the science around the gene from, from the beginning. And it's, it's crazy to watch how the things that we take for granted and, and we assume that everyone always knew um, about humans and, and chromosomes and, and, and genes just started and it's almost laughable how how scientists 200 years ago viewed some of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, man. Any music from you? Oh, is this the uh, the three song or two song thing for Crypto 101? I don't do the two songs or three songs on the show anymore, but I, I, I'm going to start adding them to the Crypto 101 playlist. Gotcha. So I had prepared. I prepared three songs. So I have uh, The Anthem by Good Charlotte, Headlines by Drake, and Snapback by Old Dominion. We got three different genres here. Nice, Nigel. Do you have any songs you want to throw in there to the, to the Crypto One Hundred and One playlist? Yeah, go ahead and throw in Shinsuke Nakamura's theme song. It's called "The Rising Sun." You you'll be able to find it. Uh, I I'd probably have to spell Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, I think you might do it, dude. S H I N S U K E N A K A M U R A. All right, cool, gents. Thank you very much for coming on Crypto 101. And I hope that everybody that's listening 
caught a little bit of comfort listening to three average dudes sit around talking about their blood all over the floor. <laughs> so, Alan, thank you very much for coming on, man. Really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me, yeah. Nigel, it was very nice to meet you, and thank you very much for your time. Oh, no problem. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. I really love talking to the listeners. It's amazing just to see what everybody's doing, how everybody's holding out in the market, if it's up, if it's down. You know, a lot of the best insights come from just, you know, talking to your peers. It's not about talking to the experts and them telling you what you should do or what you should have done. No, it's about talking to the people that are in the same boat as you are. And they can give you some peace of mind and say, hey, I'm in the same boat as you are. I'm there too. I'm bleeding. It hurts. But we're going to hold out together. ApogeeCrypto.com. That's A-P-O-G-E-E Crypto.com. The best place to check your real-time losses or gains, depending. You can go to their portfolio creation. And their portfolio creation is encrypted so you can have security in your portfolio. Also, WhenMoon.co. Great place to check your news. And in the next episode of Crypto 101, we're going to go down Nostalgia Road. And we're going to talk to Howard Marks. And he was CEO of some companies like Acclaim and Activision. He's going to talk about some video games that he made. And then we're going to talk about ICOs and the legalities of ICOs. And he's going to tell us about what he's doing in the space to help people navigate the security, the SEC, and all those issues for raising funds in the USA. It was an amazing conversation. It was a little long and we got it in two parts for you for the next episode. Enjoy your week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.